Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, we are following a number of major headlines as we come on the air. President Biden's high-stakes summit as he arrives in Brussels tonight after a month of brutal war in Ukraine. Also, tornadoes touch down in the South. And the sad news tonight about Madeleine Albright dying at the age of 84. Tonight, the U.S. declares Russia is committing war crimes as we get a new look at the devastation in Mariupol. Our interview with an American fighting in Ukraine. Plus, President Biden arriving in Brussels just hours ahead of an emergency meeting, the doubling of NATO troops, and the concern tonight about Putin using chemical weapons. I think it's a real threat. State of emergency, the 11-mile path of destruction after an EF3 tornado knocks out power to thousands, killing at least one. Tonight, the search and rescue operation. Republicans turn up the heat. The tense exchanges today at Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson's confirmation hearing. Remembering a trailblazer, Madeleine Albright, the nation's first female secretary of state, dies after a battle with cancer. Her legacy and what she said about finding her voice. Kids and the COVID vaccine. The news tonight for parents with children under age six. Plus, our eye on America. How one school district is solving the teacher shortage. And the cellist hoping to rebuild his Ukrainian city. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this busy Wednesday night. In just a few hours, President Biden will meet with NATO and European leaders for an historic summit. He just arrived in Brussels for the emergency meeting as the West aims to show Vladimir Putin it is united against his invasion of Ukraine through more military aid and more sanctions on Russia. 
This comes as the war in Ukraine reaches the one-month mark, and the Ukrainian resistance has surprised many, with the Pentagon saying 10 percent of Russia's forces have been taken out. And in another blow to Putin, a government insider reportedly quit and left Russia. That's the highest profile defection so far. Well, today, the U.S. took a significant step, formally accusing Russian troops of committing war crimes, bombing schools and hospitals and killing civilians. The Secretary of State said America will work with others to prosecute the offenders. We have a lot of news to get to tonight, and we'll start with CBS's Deborah Pata in Kiev. Good evening, Deborah. Good evening, Nora. Well, CBS has learned from a senior defense official that Russians have fired more than 1,200 missiles since the war began 28 days ago with devastating effect. And we should warn you that what you're about to see may be disturbing. From the sky, Mariupol looks like a ghost town. But trapped inside, at least 100,000 civilians without food or water as Russia intensifies its efforts to pound the city into submission. In Chernihiv, Russian bombs obliterated this bridge, cutting off the main escape route for civilians fleeing the horror. And in the country's second largest city of Kharkiv, the historical center came under attack. And yet, in the face of what the U.S. government now formally calls Russian war crimes, Ukrainians remain defiant. The biggest prize, Kiev, is under daily attack. Today, another residential area was hit. It was uh, many, many bombs. But Russia has suffered heavy losses. NATO estimates 7 to 15,000 of their men have been killed in action. And now they've been pushed back from Irpin, just outside the capital, which has been the scene of some of the fiercest battles, forcing thousands to run for their lives. In an underground bar turned bunker, we met some of the men fighting there. Among them, a 26-year-old American from Cincinnati who goes by the name Fava. It's something that's going to be in the history books to kind of feel like I need to be part of it. And part of it, he is, serving in a special forces unit where they see regular combat. So you're willing to give up your life for another country far away from home? Yeah. Why? I was kind of born to fight, so might as well fight for something worth fighting for. He's not alone. There are reportedly at least 3,000 Americans who've signed up to fight here. And they're among the 20,000 foreigners from around the world, despite the U.S. warning Americans to stay away. Nora? Deborah Pata in Kiev tonight. Thank you. Let's turn now to that emergency NATO summit. CBS News has learned that some of the first weapons from that $800 million aid package have arrived. And despite Putin's threats to supply routes, the Defense Department says it's not having trouble getting U.S. equipment into Ukraine. CBS's Ed O'Keefe reports from Brussels. President Biden arrived in Brussels this evening for the emergency NATO summit. Its mission, ramping up pressure on Vladimir Putin to stop the brutal siege of Ukraine. There are growing concerns the conflict could get worse. The head of the NATO alliance today discussing fears of a chemical or biological attack. Any use of chemical weapons would totally change the nature of the conflict. President Biden also acknowledged that possibility. I think it's a real threat. NATO announced its doubling troop deployments on the eastern flank, sending four new battle groups to Bulgaria. Hungary, Romania, and Slovakia. 
Ukrainian leader Volodymyr Zelensky is scheduled to address the summit tomorrow, his latest plea for help on the global stage. The country's NATO ambassador told us today they expect more military support to be announced. We are not naive. We know that uh, there would be no NATO troops on our land. But military support, practical support, I mean financial, humanitarian, can come also from NATO member states. And if this is the result of tomorrow's summit, we will be absolutely satisfied. So in essence, his message to NATO is do more and do it faster. Absolutely. Another key item on the agenda, additional economic penalties on Russia. The president and other leaders expected to announce new sanctions against hundreds of members of Russia's parliament. And there's news tonight on Brittany Griner, that WNBA player detained in Russia on drug possession charges. The State Department says a U.S. official was able to see her this week for the first time since she was detained in February. She's in good condition, and the State Department says it will be closely monitoring her case. Nora? Ed O'Keefe, thank you. And back here in the U.S., there is now a state of emergency in effect tonight for New Orleans and the surrounding areas, devastated by a series of tornadoes late last night, including one with winds topping at least 136 miles per hour. The storm system is now threatening more than 22 million people from the southeast to the Ohio River Valley. CBS's David Begno is in hard-hit Araby. It was only after dawn that the true impact could be seen. Block after block in the city of Araby obliterated. Homes ripped off their foundations. To see it now is horrifying enough. To experience it, sheer terror. And I honestly didn't think I was going to live through this one. The sensation, the the wind, the sound. I thought we were going to die. We we barely made it into the room. Five, ten more seconds, we would have been in the hallway, which is nothing. This is how Alyssa Wenetsky's home used to look. Here's what remains. She survived on the floor of her bathroom as her husband threw himself on top of her and their one-year-old child. Once they made it through. We're a tight-knit community. We're a tight-knit street. We're screaming for each other. And then when we look over and see Connor's house, all we could do is scream for him. Connor Lambert. He used to play football at the local high school. He was her next-door neighbor. And then we see his car wrapped around the tree. Yes. And then you find out that he was the one who died. Yes. Lambert was 25. This afternoon, Louisiana's governor came by this street to survey the damage and to offer comfort. What's further shocking is the scope of the damage, which we found as we met Gabriella Rivard outside of what's left of her home. And your house got shoved into the neighbor's house. Yes, and the neighbor's house, I believe, is shoved into the other neighbor's house. Connor Lambert, the man who died, lived right there. That's all that's left. The tornado lifted his home off of those stilts and literally tossed it over the yellow house and around it to where it landed on another home. Connor and his dog died. And this is his truck wrapped around that tree in his front yard. Nora. Oh, my gosh. Sending prayers to all those people and their families. David Begno, thank you. Let's turn now to the historic confirmation hearings for the first black woman nominated to the Supreme Court. The day was filled with Republicans attacking her record and Democrats defending her character. Here's CBS News chief legal correspondent Jan Crawford. That to me is exhibit A of activism. 
On the second day of questioning, some Republicans turned up the heat, continuing to press Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson on whether she was too lenient in sentencing child pornography defendants. Any of these wait, wait, defendants... Wait a minute, Judge. You think it is a bigger deterrent to take somebody who's on a computer looking at sexual images of children in the most disgusting way is to supervise their computer habits versus putting them in jail? No, Senator, I didn't say versus. That's exactly what you said. And divisions among senators spilled over. No one case can stand in for a judge's entire record. Okay, but I'm discussing and every one I, of the cases. So I if, if you're not going to explain it... Senator, gonna... would you please let her respond? No, not if she's not going to answer well, my question. Just going... There were multiple clashes on the committee. Your nomination turned out to be a testing ground for conspiracy theories and culture war theories. Both sides dug in. Every time somebody on this side of the aisle asks questions of the judge, you come back and you denigrate and you attack and you criticize the line of questioning. But that was part of the Democrats' strategy while using their questions to help Jackson make her case with the American people. What I really want to ascertain is what kind of a judge you will be. I would hope to be the kind of judge that I have been um, during this last decade. I think I've been the kind of judge who lives up to the oath in terms of being fair and impartial um, ruling without fear or favor. And as Senator Cory Booker discussed the historic nature of her nomination, Jackson was moved to tears. You have earned this spot. You are worthy. You are a great American. Wow, Jan joins us now from the hearing room. Quite emotional today. I understand also Judge Jackson made some news today about a high-profile case that's coming before the Supreme Court. She did. She said that if she's confirmed, she is not going to participate in that major affirmative action case challenging the use of race in admissions at Harvard University. That's because she serves on Harvard's board. But with that solid conservative majority on the Supreme Court, her vote may not have affected the outcome of that case. Nora. All right, Jan Crawford. Thank you. Tributes are pouring in tonight for a titan of 20th century diplomacy. Madeleine Albright, the first woman to serve as U.S. Secretary of State, has died of cancer at the age of 84. She served under President Bill Clinton. And in a statement, the former president and Hillary Clinton said of Albright tonight, few leaders have been so perfectly suited for the times in which they served. CBS's Major Garrett has more. When Madeleine Albright made history as the first female Secretary of State in 1997, she also became the highest-ranking woman ever in American government. Albright rose from U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, where she famously backed NATO bombing to halt war crimes against Bosnian Muslims. And she had a reputation for tough talk, like this, after Cuba shot down two U.S. civilian planes flown by exiles. This is not cojones. This is cowardice. Albright was born in Czechoslovakia in 1937. Her family was forced to flee the Nazis, coming to America as refugees in 1948. As Secretary of State, Albright clashed with Saddam Hussein in Iraq and became the highest-ranking U.S. official to meet North Korea's Kim Jong-un. Albright mixed it up well with men, but looked out for women. The most famous thing I ever said was that there's a special place in hell For women who don't help each other. Albright became known the world over for her brooches, which she called pins, worn to convey her mood. When people would say, what are you doing today? I'd say, read my pins. 
One of Albright's last public appearances was delivering a eulogy at Colin Powell's funeral. I am often asked, am I an optimist or a pessimist? I reply that I'm an optimist who worries a lot. Madeleine Albright was 84. Major Garrett, CBS News, Washington. Yeah, you know, she was fearless, saying once, it took me quite a long time to develop a voice, and now that I have it, I'm not going to be silent. Let's turn now to America's schools. Today, Sacramento's teachers went on strike in protest over low pay and more work due to a teacher shortage. Labor Department data shows there are more than 300,000 fewer teachers compared to before the pandemic. So in tonight's Eye in America, CBS's Meg Oliver looks at what one Tennessee school district is doing to address the problem. All right, here we go. At Kenwood Middle School, an hour north of Nashville, Tennessee. The primary wave and the secondary wave. Demetrius Wynn tries to explain seismic waves to this eighth grade class. All right, so we know it's 830 because this is our 830 block. Two years ago, the 42-year-old father of four was spending his days mopping floors as a school custodian. It's definitely been a change. Do you feel it's a calling? Oh, definitely. Definitely it's a calling uh, because, like I said, it was... It was something I wanted to do, just didn't know how it was going to happen. Facing a growing teacher shortage, the Clarksville Montgomery County School District launched an innovative teacher residency program in 2018, recently registered as the first of its kind in the country. Shauna Peartress is the district's chief academic officer. If you didn't have this program in place right now, how bad would the teacher shortage be? We would have had about 150 teachers short. The program squeezes a four-year degree into three. Night school is free, and they co-teach during the day with a mentor, earning up to $27,000 a year. When they graduate, their salary almost doubles. How will that change your life? Oh, it will open up a lot of opportunities for me. Okay, so here we go. The program is funded through the district's regular budget, state, and federal grants. Is this a model that the rest of the country could follow to solve the teacher shortage? Now that it's registered, absolutely. Would you give Mr. Wynn an A? Nice. Can anyone tell me? You feel good, right? They're generous. <laughs> Wynn will graduate with a bachelor's in education and a minor in special education in 2023. How does the future look? The future is bright. I know that once I become a full-time teacher, that like the opportunities are endless. Primary way first hits. Endless opportunities helping fulfill educational dreams. For I in America, Meg Oliver, CBS News, Clarksville, Tennessee. Yes, let's support our teachers. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. There's some big news tonight for the parents of millions of babies and young children who are not yet eligible to receive a COVID shot. Moderna says it is getting ready to ask the FDA to authorize its kid-sized dose. Here's CBS's Nancy Chen. 
Moderna's vaccine for children under six is a quarter of the dosage given to adults. The company plans to ask for emergency use authorization in the coming weeks after trials showed promising results. The vaccine provides the same level of protection against COVID in young kids as it does in adults. Last month, Pfizer paused its application for FDA authorization while it awaits more data. Across the country, cases from a more contagious but less severe subvariant continue to rise. BA2 makes up about 35 percent of new COVID cases in the U.S., up from 22 percent the week before. This small increase in cases in the Northeast is something that we are closely watching. Despite the variant threat, the nation's two largest public school districts are lifting mask mandates. Los Angeles dropped its requirement for students in grades K through 12, though they will still be required in preschool. And New York City will drop its mask mandate for children under five if cases remain low. That's welcome news for some parents. My four-year-old has had some speech issues, and he needs to see facial expressions. He needs to see lips move. Like, that's going to be helpful for him. Nationwide, only 27% of children aged 5 to 11 are fully vaccinated. This week, New York City will begin rolling out vaccine clinics at public schools in an effort to get those numbers up. Nora? All right. Nancy Chen, thank you. And now a striking image and sound. Ukrainian cellist Denis Karachevtev performing in front of a bombed out building in his hometown. The city of Kharkiv has been under fire for a month from Russian airstrikes, and many residents have gone underground or fled for safety, leaving the streets empty. The musicians shared the haunting video in hopes of raising money for humanitarian aid and with a promise to revive his heroic city. Tomorrow, we will bring you a special report when President Biden speaks after the historic NATO summit and have a full wrap-up on the CBS Evening News. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.